When I gathered with Mimi earlier this week, she brought with her Paul's Bible. Paul's Bible is actually kind of a work of art. I was regretting that I didn't take a picture of the inside cover last night. He had written in it neatly, and this, he has a beautiful handwriting, and he had written the names of all his Bible study teachers throughout the years, the years they taught him, the books they studied together, and then he has notes of favorite scriptural passages. He also has highlighted in the center of the Bible, kind of under his name, a thing that says, if you're new to faith, start here. And then there's a couple scripture verses, and I looked them up thinking these might be great for our funeral service, um, but they didn't quite speak to me. They were so Lutheran, you couldn't even imagine. It was all about we are saved by grace, not by our works. Indeed, we as humans have failed, but God doesn't. And that's where Paul wanted people to start, with the love and the grace of God. Start here with God's love. This is, of course, where it all began for Paul, the love and grace of God which he experienced in his baptism, where he was assured that he was and would forever be a child of God, And he was marked with that cross of Christ on his forehead, and it would never, ever go away. And Paul relied on that love of God. Paul's faith was important to him from the time he was young. Um, It was because of his home pastor in Brooklyn, New York, that he ended up going to college in Minnesota. And Mimi tells me that he was not the only group of boys who got on a train from New York City and showed up in Minnesota to go to a college that they've never seen. But a number of them did this. And I got to wonder about this pastor. He must have been extraordinary. I just can't imagine anyone doing that because of my influence. I mean, there they ended up in Northfield in the Midwest. And did they have any idea what they were getting into with these Minnesota winters? Regardless... Paul took this journey and went to St. Olaf College where he would eventually meet Mimi and begin his journey in Minnesota, where after years of traveling and moving about, they would eventually settle down and raise their family, and Paul would live here the rest of their life. Paul loved to read and write and ask deep philosophical questions, and I will confess that I didn't actually know he was a science teacher until about a year ago. If you had asked me, I would have told you he was an English teacher. Because every time I saw Paul, he was writing things or reading, and he was always engaging me in some sort of literary conversation. During his time at Shepherd of the Hills, he put together a book of poetry of faith, and I know he longed to do that again. And when I would visit him in rehab or the hospital, the book To Kill a Mockingbird was always by his side. If that doesn't scream English teacher, I don't know what does. But no, it was science. And science made sense too, because science is the study of the way things work. Science is for the curious. And Paul had a brain that wanted to make sense of life. He was curious about everything, especially other people. 
He wanted to know about the world. He wanted to know about religion. He wanted to know other people's stories. He longed to even understand his own story and how God was working in the midst of it, which is why I think he journaled so much. And Paul knew that life wasn't easy. Just like the rest of us, Paul knew the pain and brokenness of our world and in life, and it grieved him that life was hard. And he acknowledged his own human failures in his marriage and in his family and acknowledged that he was a sinner in need of forgiveness, which I think is why he was always so grateful when he would receive Holy Communion and taste on his own lips and remember that it all starts with the love and grace of God who loves us no matter what. Paul relied heavily on that faith, and his faith was a witness to me I remember walking into his room in Masonic home and finding Paul there in his wheelchair, his legs swollen, his shoulder aching, his knee hurting, and he would look at me and say, I was just praying to God for help, and here you are. Paul would acknowledge how much he longed for the pain to go away and how much he longed for healing for his body, mind, and spirit, and that that pain was unbearable for him at times. And yet, in the next breath, he would be so grateful, grateful for the roommates he had who he could talk with and share about life and where God was, grateful for people who showed up for him. And somehow, no matter what, he was able to see those blessings in the midst of those dark and difficult times. And I know what he treasured most in the end were the wonderful conversations he was able to share with his boys, who sat by his side and they could talk about real things. He celebrated the visits he received from members of Shepherds, the birthday card that he was sent just about a month ago, and even the one visit where someone from one of his bands here played music for him. He was so thankful. And though his body never healed, I do believe that Paul experienced healing in his final months through those important conversations he had with people he loved and cared about and that acknowledgement of how powerful God's love is. On my last visit with Paul, he said this to me. He said, I just wish I could call every member of Shepherd of the Hills and tell them about our church. I was kind of surprised by this, and I said, well, Paul, what would you say? He said, I would tell them that this place is so much more than worship on Sunday mornings. It's a real family who shows up for you on the most difficult days. He loved you all so much. He loved his choirs, both of them that he sang in, David and Emily, his dear friends who visited him. He was so thankful for the care of Kay Wothy, our faith community nurse, and, Paul's, and Pastor Scott and everyone at Shepherd. And I don't say this to pat us on the back that we did a good job. Please don't hear that. I say it because there was this truthfulness in Paul's eyes that he wanted me to say thank you to all of you for your prayers, for your care, for being his friend on this journey. See, Paul knew that God was showing up in all of you. And this is also what the church is supposed to look like. Ordinary people in need of love and forgiveness who show up and care for one another. And God works through us no matter what. 
And I know God worked through Paul. He was always witnessing to other people about love and about faith. It was a remarkable. He was at the assisted living place for maybe a week, and he already had a resident pastor visiting him to have theological conversations. I mean, who does that happen to? Someone like Paul, who is welcoming and willing to invite people into conversation about where God is showing up in their lives. In our scripture this morning, the writer from Isaiah is asking all sorts of questions. He's looking at the world around him and studying the details. And if you read the whole book of chapter 41, or just chapter 40, it talks about the details of creation, grasshoppers and fields and plants, and it sounds like a scientist is writing it. And yet, as he searches and looks around, in the end, this writer turns not to science but to God. And says this, have you not known, have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? God does not grow faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. God gives power to the faith and strengthens the powerless. And those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary and walk and not be faint. I believe in the end, this is what Paul experienced. There were days where Paul was weary and faint and could not lift his head. And yet God lifted him up through the blessings of kindness of strangers and friends. And there were times in Paul's life where he was overcome by the difficulty of life and relationship. And yet God lifted him up, bringing him healing through conversations with his most beloved God does this. God lifts us up in our weakness. God shows up for you and for me on those days where we're not sure what to do next. And God says, I am here with you. Rely on me. Trust in me. I will never leave your side. On that last visit with Paul, I had finished giving him Holy Communion at his new apartment. And Paul had one more request for me before I left. He said, please, Pastor Joanna, will you hand me my Bible? I want to have it right here next to me. And so I picked up his beautiful Bible and I gave it to him and Paul nestled it right next to him. And while I know the Bible is a book, in some ways it felt like it was so much more. That Paul indeed was holding open his arms to the strength and the power of God that would get him through this day that was so difficult for him. That God's love would hold Paul and bring him healing. And that is indeed what I believe the power of God's love has done. It has carried Paul home and lifted him up and welcomed him to his eternal home. This is, after all, where it all begins and where it all ends. With God's amazing love and grace given for Paul and given for you. Amen.